Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Hello there, Al Murray here with James Holland. We are uh, standing on the banks of the Rhine, uh, just outside Oosterbeek, outside Arnhem, nowhere near the road bridge. And uh, it just the thing is, you come here and the geography just rubs your nose in it every single time, like a <laughs> naughty puppy. Um, James, Nijmegen is really important, isn't it? It is. It's very, very important. Key to the whole thing, really. The bridge because, is there, Because the by day four now, the morning of day four, the Wednesday, you've still got... For, you've still got the remnants of frost skies on the bridge still just about hanging on. Yep. So if 30 core could drive across Nijmegen Bridge yes. with uh, quickly, quickly and, and dynamically going. and keep going and get to Arnhem, there's every chance they may they, they may seize the off. bridge and pull the pr- win the prize, the golden, fat, juicy plum that is the Arnhem Bridge. Yeah. However, there's a problem at Nijmegen, isn't there? Yeah, because they haven't captured the bridge yet. You, I beg your pardon? <laughs> they haven't captured the bridge yet. But that doesn't... That but that makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all if this is all about bridges. I mean, a bridge too far, a bridge we didn't bother with, is a different film title, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, uh, you know, and actually I'm, I'm off to go and see someone who has very strong opinions about all this. Yes, who we've mentioned before in We Have Ways. Yes. And how we've managed to get, get our hands on. Uh, R.G. Paulson, he's got very strong views. He's a Dutch historian. And he's, a book, he's got a book called Lost at Nijmegen. Yeah. Which is about, he thinks, General Gavin's mishandling of... Market Garden. Yeah, uh, and, and, he, and he, he's basically blaming him for the failure of Market Garden. Yeah. Gosh, I, I like the sound of that. It gets us Brits off the hook. <laughs> Jolly good. I like this Pulsen chap. He sounds like a, like a marvellous fellow. He's also <laughs> written a book about Arnhem called A Terrible Lack of Urgency or something like that. So, you know, uh, he, he's dished it out. So good luck, good luck with that. I hope, I hope people enjoy hearing James and RG. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what he's got to say, I must yeah. say. Brilliant. Well, we've travelled south to Nijmegen and uh, we're in the oldest pub in the city called the Blue Hand. And uh, what's that in, in Dutch? The uh, Blauer Hand. The Blauer Hand. Okay, that makes sense. I can, I can make that translation. Uh, and sitting opposite me is the legendary R.G. Paulussen, um, who Al and I have got to know from conversations on Twitter. And we've now, I've, I've read your book, lost in Nijmegen and I'm very taken with your thesis which in a nutshell is that it wasn't 30 core being slow and it wasn't the British actually the finger should be pointed at General Gavin and the men of the uh, 82nd Airborne for slowing things up uh, that's my view yes so you've got it you you're, you're not a fan of Linkvist who uh, was the commander of the 508th parachute infantry regiment I should just explain that in the 82nd airborne division there are three parachute infantry regiments and to translate that into british that's basically like a brigade of three battalions each uh, and the 508 Linkvist was uh, is an interesting character because he's a bit of an in- administrator. He was a very good staff officer, but he hasn't got much of a reputation as a combat officer. And there's this interesting episode in Normandy where Mark Alexander, who is a much more of a natural combat leader, becomes his executive officer, his deputy under Linkvist. And you'd have thought it should have been the other way around, that Lingvist would be a very, very good executive officer, 
and, and Mark Alexander would be the commander, but it doesn't work that way. No. Now, he was a very cautious man um, here in, in Nijmegen. Um, but he, he claims uh, he got orders from Gavin um, to dig in, defend the city, no, defend the, the Groesbeek Heights yes. uh, from probably a lot of Germans in Nijmegen. He dig in with the 1st Battalion and he just waited for Gavin to tell him uh, to go into the city and uh, do something there, attack the bridge perhaps. Yep. And, and, the, and the big misunderstanding comes, because if I understand it rightly, Gavin says to Lingvist, go there as soon as possible, or was that a fact? But it, that's, but that's, that's a claim. But it's, it's, there's no confirmation that he gave no. that order at all. There's no written confirmation. No, not at all. And, and, and the second point is, what does as soon as possible mean? I mean, does that mean as the moment you arrive? If I you mean, want. If you want, or does that mean, it doesn't say, right, your absolute number one objective, absolute 100% priority is getting the bridge. And just, we should actually, I'm going to recap a little bit, because for, for those who don't know about this controversy, basically what happens is the 82nd Airborne are given a pretty large area in which to operate. But it is up to the individual commander, in this case Gavin, to decide where his drop zones should be and where his, how to deploy his troops, albeit in discussion with his, his um, subordinate commanders and also in discussion with Browning, the boy Browning who is overall in command of, of the airborne operation the market bit. And there are these heights called the Grosbeek Heights, which overlook, they sort of, they are what, five miles, so that's about eight kilometers south east of the, of, of, of the city of Nijmegen. No, less, less, less. Less than that. Yeah. Five miles, let's say five, six kilometers, something like that. Yes, probably. Yeah. Six kilometres, and they are having, you know, they're quite a pronounced ridge. It's quite a. They they do overlook the the uh, the, the city and indeed the the, the the river, the river Val. Gavin does send some troops immediately towards the bridge crossing the Val, but it's not very many. It's like a company, isn't it? It's a battalion size. Yeah, two companies. Two a companies. A, a and B. A and B company. Uh, and that is just simply not enough. So A and B companies, so what are we talking about? You know, 250 men, something like that. Mm. Much greater concern to Gavin is capturing the Grosbeek Heights quickly. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, you've got landing zones, drop zones. That's in between the Grosbeek Heights yeah. and the Reichswald. Right. It's, it's a kind of... The Reichswald, uh, the forest, which is sort of on the German border to yes, the east. Yes, correct. And the landing zones are in a kind of valley. So uh, when you land there, you go towards Nijmegen, and then you encounter the Groesbeek Heights. Yes. So uh, whilst doing that, you capture it. Yep. When you meet no resistance, and there was no resistance, uh, the capture was immediately. Right. So, uh, so then, then get on with capturing the bridge? Yes, and um, the Groesbeek Heights are overlooking the drop zones in a, in a shallow valley, a perfect position to uh, defend any uh, German attacks coming from the Reichswald. But, uh, but I would go a stage further, and I would say that the most important thing is to actually just capture the bridge, and you want as many troops as possible to capture the yes, Val Bridge that, that's the ASAP. That's what airborne troops do. They have uh, no heavy armor. Yeah. They, 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 
their main weapon is essentially uh, surprise. Yes. So, get on with it. You have to because you're lightly armored. But I understand. But I understand the the potential threat of the heights. You know, you want to have the high ground, all the rest of it. But the point is, is if you ignore the heights, they don't even need to ignore the heights because your point is that they can get them as a matter of course just by yes. their approach yeah, 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 to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to to Nijmegen. Yes. But if you take the if if you don't take the heights, you might later lose them and the and the and the uh, and the operation may be flawed. But if you don't take the bridge immediately, the operation will 100% fail. I mean, it just will. I mean, the whole market garden operation depends on capturing the Nijmegen bridge and intact and fast because and fast. Be because the bridge was uh, 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 armed with an explosive, uh, ready to uh, blow the bridge. Yes. So, uh, so when they're capturing Pegasus Bridge on D-Day, for example, the whole point is to get in there, get over it quickly, capture yeah. both sides of it, fast, capture fast, it fast. quickly, and that's what they do, and they do it in a matter of minutes. Yes, but yeah. Gavin didn't. Uh, he ordered his troop, uh, troops to dug in and wait for orders to go for the bridge. But why do you think he does that? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, you know, he's an experienced combat I don't know commander he's been in Sicily he's commanded troops in Sicily he's commanded troops on D-Day he's incredibly experienced he's worked from the bottom up what's what's his thinking there must be some <laughs> chain of thought I, I really don't have an answer or, or I can't speculate on that uh, because uh, do, do you it's, be, it's beyond my uh, I can't comprehension believe. because it just seems so nonsensical to you yes it doesn't make sense. Airborne troops, they have to uh, take advantage of the surprise. Yes. It's a, it's a coup de man operation. That's how they're, they're, they're I mean, that's the whole kind of I, don't, I just don't get it. And uh, after the war, um, he suggested that um, he ordered Linquist to send G Company towards the bridge and capture it. But, um, I don't believe that at all. Uh, um, G Company uh, um, did go to the bridge on the first day, went about a mile from the bridge and then halted because there were no all orders to, uh, to go to the bridge and capture it. And the next day, uh, the battalion commander Mendez. So this is 18th of September, yeah. Monday the 18th. Um, on the 18th, G Company uh, um, did go to the bridge yeah. without awaiting orders and got to the bridge. And A and B Company uh, from 1st Battalion still were around the bridge. Um, so. Um, the Americans were around the bridge, and then Gavin, um, no, I must say, uh, on the 18th, uh, uh, Germans attacked the dropping zone, the landing yes. zone, and one company came into some trouble, and yep. Gavin, in my opinion, overreacted and withdrew both A and B company at the bridge and G company also at the bridge. I can't get my head around that fact. <laughs> so, so also, is there a reason why he didn't have a drop zone to the northern side of the bridge? 
Because he does that at Grave, and that's very successful. You know, they kick the bridge, and they've got troops at both ends, and, and that seems to be, wherever possible, the best case scenario is to try and send paratroopers, airborne troops, to both ends of a bridge that you've got to capture. Yeah, it seems that Gavin wasn't taking too many risks because he told his troops to dug in and await orders when ready or... But do you know any reason why he doesn't have a drop zone to the north of the bridge? No. Could be... Uh, is there any reason for it? I mean, is Could there... be Brereton uh, uh, said no or... Uh, I don't know, the same reason... But if, if he'd gone towards the... If he'd sent enough troops towards the, the bridge across the Vaal on day one, on the 17th of September, he'd have captured it intact, no problem. No problem. Only about 750 Germans were uh, around the bridge at the end of uh, September uh, 17. And do you think they could have dealt with them, no problem? Yeah, yeah, paratroops. Uh, they can fight. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you you live in Arnhem, um, and and you know about the whole operation. You, you you know about the history of it. I mean, what's your view of the wider operation? I mean, Market Garden was was it a bridge too far? No, do, it, do, was, it wasn't. Do you a think it should have been achievable? Yeah, a lot of things uh, 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 were not. Uh, how can I say? Um, didn't go according to plan. No, a lot of things. But uh, still, uh, had the bridge at Nijmegen been captured on the 19th, yeah. uh, 30 Corps could have gone to the bridge in Arnhem. Uh, not a lot of Germans there. No. In the big scheme of things. So you think if they had pushed... If they, if they, let's just say when they arrive on the when 30 corps arrives on on the 19th of september so what's that that's the early uh, early morning early morning on the 19th of september had they got there on early morning of 19th of september the bridge was already in american hands and they just hurtled straight across perhaps uh, the americans could have gone further yes they could have gone they could have been in arnhem by the middle of the day couldn't they not a lot of germans there in in the island the bay to yeah when you're talking about the island, you mean... The area between uh, Nijmegen and Arnhem. Uh, right. So they could have pushed on through I very so. quickly. I and, think so, yes. Uh, on the 19th or 20th. Yep. And that would have been enough to save the, save the town from... I think so, yes. And save the British people there. Yeah. Well, that's a fascinating theory. Because, you know, when you look at the plan for Market Garden, it seems like it's so dependent on so many things going right for it to work, which is certainly true. But... Actually, what is amazing about a market garden is how much does go right. Yes. I mean, not right, but I mean, it very, very nearly succeeds. I mean, it gets closer than... Despite the Germans. Despite the Germans, despite, and, and, and despite the slowness of capturing certain bridges. So, RG, the... 30 Corps do finally, you know, the Guards Armour Division does finally reach Nijmegen on, uh, on the 19th. Tuesday, the 19th of September. The bridge hasn't been captured, so what then happens? Well, um, on the 19th, uh, Americans approach the bridge. Uh, there's a Lieutenant Colonel uh, of the 2nd Battalion, 505, I think, Van der Voort. Um, 
chosen by the Americans as the most capable of yeah. uh, commanders afterwards. Um, he suggests to high command to take the bridge. Uh, Shermans are ready, he's ready with his battalion. Yes. And then generals say, no, we'll go uh, tomorrow, we cross the wall. And, um, but he's turned down, his, his request is turned down. Right. Lost opportunity, I think, on the well, 19th. Do, do you know why? Do you know why that request is turned down? No, I don't know. I, no. But a lost opportunity, I think. On the 19th. Right. So there was in the evening. So there is an opportunity at that moment to, to cross the, to try and catch the bridge that night. Yes. But they don't do that. So what happens instead? The next day, uh, the Americans cross the Val. Yes. And well, this is the famous paddling yes. across in their little boats, getting shot up. Yes. The Irish guards firing from the other side. And this is one of the most famous actions in. American airborne yes, history, yes. folklore, mythology, no doubt, whatever. No doubt. No question about it. As featured in the longest very, in the very heroic. Very heroic. And, but um, uh, in Nijmegen, a joint uh, force of Americans and English also capture a side of the bridge. Right. And they do it before the Americans that crossed the wall uh, uh, capture their side. Right. And not as depicted in a bridge too far. <laughs> there, the Americans capture the bridge, and then the tanks come rolling uh, across. But actually, it's the other way around, is yes. it? Yes. So, Argy, you, you've you've taught me through your thoughts about Gavin. I mean, do you think this decision of Gavin's not to go all out for the Val bridge across the Val straight away? Do you think that cost the entire Operation Market Garden? Yeah, I think so. Why not? Uh, he, he didn't uh, succeed in doing his job, namely to capture the bridge, a very big bridge. Um, uh, when blown, uh, no chance of uh, getting troops across. So, you know, when people, you know, I mean, historically, when people look at Market Garden, first finger pointing goes to General Mon or Phil Marshall, as he then is, Montgomery. You know, how awful, what a rash decision, what an awful, objectionable person he was. Then it goes to other people involved in the planning. Then it goes to 30 Corps for being slow. I mean, there's a whole host of reasons, you know, sort of the RAF not playing ball, all the rest of it. But no one, as far as I'm aware, has ever pointed the finger at General Gavin for the failure of Market Garden. But that is what you're saying. Yes. Wow. I mean, I've got to say, I think your argument is really convincing. I've always been a bit of an uh, admirer of, of Gavin, but I am really, really struggling to understand what on earth he was thinking. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, and, and having been here now and walked the ground, looked at the Grosbeek Heights, looked at the geography of it all, looked at the decision-making process, it just seems incredible that he didn't go all out for capturing this bridge right from the outset. That, that should have been the first objective, the primary objective. But the main objective uh, was uh, to go to the edge of the Hoosbeek Heights and dig in and wait and see. Uh, that's just it. Okay, and what do you think that decision cost? I mean, what, the failure of Market Garden, what does, that, what does that mean for... You're a Dutchman. What does that mean for the, for the Dutch people? 
Well, uh, my father and his family lived in, in the south of Arnhem. They had to be uh, evacuated and they, they went to uh, a little town called Nunsbeet. Uh, that was, by the way, the official uh, objective of Market, market Garden. Nunsbeet is at the edge of uh, IJsselmeer. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it was a hard time. Uh, the winter of 44, 45, uh, many people died of hunger. So, um, big consequence. Do, do you think the war would have ended by Christmas 1944 if Market Garden had been a success? Well, there, w there was a possibility. Uh, um, the objective was to um, go around the Ruhr towards uh, Berlin. So why not? Um, At the very least, it would have saved an awful lot of Dutch people from the starvation winter. Oh yes, certainly. So in this narrative that we've all followed for the last 75 years, why is it that the one person we don't blame for the failure of Market Garden is General Gavin? Well, he's a very smart one, or he was a very smart man, and um, uh, he, he changed his story about what happened uh, uh, along the way. Um, and yeah, th that, that's that's why I think um, he's a smart man, and he know he knew how to uh, explain. So he knew how to kind of sort of manipulate the press, manipulate the kind of political well, aspect he, he, of it. He wrote two books uh, explaining between quotes uh, what happened. That helps. Wow. I, I tell you what, I've, you know, ever since I knew that I was coming over here and I was going to be talking to you, I, you know, I read your book. I've been pondering this and thinking about it and trying to sort of square away in my own mind what on earth was going on. And I'm I'm completely convinced by your argument, but I'm also just left kind of thinking, I mean, it's just amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's an incredible story. And it is just extraordinary that he didn't go all out for the bridge. I mean, I just, I absolutely can't square it. I know you can't, I can't either. I, I really can't understand it. It makes no sense whatsoever. Well, I think it's sort of time we had a rethink on the whole Arnhem operation, the whole market garden operation. I mean, RG, I've got to say, it's been fascinating to meet you. Really, I'm fascinated to talk about this. How wonderful to be doing it in the in the blue it's hand good, here in Nijmegen. Yes. And a very good pub, a very good beer. Um, and I've got to say, you know, um, it's, it's most welcome at the end of a long day.